podcasting from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, known as the City of Bridges. This is Knights of the Revolutionary Leader, conversations of influence and change. I am your host, Christy Knights, C-suite executive coach, expert witness, psychotherapist, professional speaker, and best-selling author, the revolutionary leader in business and life. Today, I have a very special friend with me, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. She is from Costa Rica and has quite a list of ways that she serves others, as well as her journey to being a coach. I would like you to meet Paula. Paula Kuna is an MBA, designer, writer, and life coach, with over 15 years of experience in commercial management, leadership, and two years experience coaching high achievers and entrepreneurs. She helps them to redefine productivity and find more work-life balance. It is so great to meet you, Paula. How are you today? Thank you, Christy. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. I'm very, very excited. Thank you. Wonderful. Yes. As I have read about you, you are quite a hero, and I want the world to know about you and your services. Well, thank you. Um, Well, the services I provide actually come from my own experience when I, uh, at some point in my life, I realized that I was trying to please everyone else but myself. Mm -hmm. And I was too busy trying to be responsible. But I was not going after my dreams, after what I truly wanted. Mm -hmm. And I I realized that a lot of people go into... um, what I call automated pilot. Mm, yes. <laughs> so they do what, what they're expected to do. Mm-hmm. They, um, we all follow this uh, imposed idea of what success should be and what productivity should be. So we run, run all day. We do a lot of stuff. We do a thousand things a day. But at the end of the day, we're you know, super tired and we didn't really achieve what we wanted. So we feel kind of stuck even though we are super productive and we do a lot of things so and I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. Um, the business that I used to run was my family's my dad was an entrepreneur I grew up in a family with lots of entrepreneurs (laughs) so I know what it can be you kind of try to handle too much Mm. and sometimes uh, you forget yourself for the sake of your business Mm -hmm. and the sake of all what everyone else is expecting from you. So um, the services come from this idea that we can be very productive, but we first have to focus on what we really want. Because otherwise, otherwise we just keep, you know, doing lots of stuff without making any sense. Right, absolutely. So share with us what it was like to grow up with a father that was an entrepreneur. Well, he wasn't always an entrepreneur. He actually started with a very high-demanding high corporate job. Mm. And when I was a kid, I didn't see him much. Okay, yeah. He was traveling all the time, meetings. And you know what it was to have a corporate job in the, yes. in the 80s. It was even worse than today, <laughs> like mm. the demands were. It was um, super demanding. He had to travel. I didn't see him much. My mom did almost everything, but at some point he got really sick. Uh, um, he, and he decided to reprioritize his whole life. Yes. He got stuck up to a point when he couldn't climb the ladder, the corporate ladder any mm-hmm. higher. 
when he knew that all the the positions he could um, apply for were now very pro political, so he didn't really have a chance. He didn't stood a chance to becoming, you know, VP for a company that was. He, he was very frustrated, sure. and he was sacrificing us too much. So he decided to go on his own, and he started his own business when he was 45. Wow. And I was 17 at the time. Okay, yes. So I remember my mom freaking out <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember my, my mom and my dad sitting us all in the living room and saying, okay, guys, um, I'm going to try on my own. This is going to, to require a sacrifice for us all. We'll have to cut expenses. Mm -hmm. We'll have to stop. I remember we'll have to stop going to McDonald's. So, gotta <laughs> go. Yeah, yes. Takeouts. You have to be. Um, that's gonna go. And he was very assertive, but we were we're all very supportive because we know it was his dream. And you would have guessed that he would have worked less, but that wasn't what happened. <laughs> Not as more. <laughs> On the contrary, he was working more. <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the good thing was he was working more from home. So we were actually able to see more of him. Okay. And he was also, I was also able to, to learn a lot from him. So everything that I know about business and leadership and management, I learned, I'm sorry, I learned from my father. Uh, he was my my biggest and most important mentor mm. but then um as I graduated from I'm actually an architect that's my first profession I studied architecture um he convinced me to coming to come and work for him uh. <laughs> <laughs> to in sales actually and I was like but I'm an architect I don't know if I can sell I don't know I don't think this is such a good idea yes Yeah, but I was young, and I wanted a steady job, and I wanted to be with my dad. Yes. So, and I thought to myself, well, this business is going to be, probably going to be mine anyway, at some point, mine and my brother's. Yes. So, uh, I'm going to have to learn this stuff anyway. So, I rolled into business school, and started working for the family business, and just about a year or less in the business, my dad was diagnosed with ALS. Oh, wow. Um, which is, you know, the ice bucket challenge disease, the Lou Gehrig's disease. Yes. One that Stephen Hawking had. So, well, priorities had to change again. Yes. <laughs> At a very young age, I was 26. Mm -hmm. um, my dad was 15. He was young. Very. So he completely changed. Now he did. Now he knew he had a clock ticking. So now he actually started spending more time with us, started working a lot less. He started teaching me and my brother um, how to handle and take care of the business. And I assumed the responsibility that I didn't know when it was going to be my time to take charge. Okay. He died for four years after that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I am so sorry. Very quick. 
Yes, it was quick because it started in his hands and it reached, it reached his heart and he actually had a heart attack caused by the disease. Okay. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, what was that like for you to go through the loss of, of a best friend? Uh, well, I still deal with it, you know. I still do. Back then, what I did was I hid in my work. So um, I met my husband. While, well, the minute I got into the, the company, my husband was working for my dad. And we met there. So I got married before my dad passed. We got married. I was still alive. Yes, 14 years. <laughs> But so when my dad died, our, my husband and I, we were building our house and I was going through my master's degree and I got pregnant a month after my dad died. So I was, all I did was distract myself. So I was handling the construction of my house because being an architect, I did everything because that's what I do. I try to do right. everything. <laughs> that's what we all do, right? We think we can handle it all. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, I um, was running the business alone with my brother, mm-hmm. trying to begin, figure things out. My brother was 24. Okay. I was studying full-time mm-hmm. um, in nights, on the nights. And I was, of course, pregnant. So I didn't have the time to be sad. Okay. I mourned him in a very strange way. I, I didn't miss the boss. I missed the dad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and just buried yourself in, in work and the busyness of life rather than the grieving, right? Which is so common for, for many people. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I did un- until it blew in my face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so how long before it blew up in your face, would you say? Well, actually, maybe my second son was born. I had a miscarriage in the middle, which I also swallowed <laughs> and repressed. Okay. Um, and I think maybe five years later. Okay. So I helped. I kept going five for five years. Wow. And then what caused it just to blow up? My brother and I, we were trying to do our best with the company and the company was doing really well. So it was a, we sold um, electrical cabling systems. Okay. Electrical wire. Yes. For construction. Mm-hmm. So we had this huge client for the government. Yes. We didn't actually sell the cover the government, but we sold the client who was going to sell to the government. Oh, okay. And we sold them about half a million dollars. The client went he went into bank- bankruptcy. Okay. And he couldn't pay us. Oh. And we were already in debt to be able to provide for this customer. Mm-hmm. And thus that made the company practically go bankrupt again wow okay so um my my brother and i we discussed what to do he found a job and he took it uh because he couldn't the company couldn't hold us both yes so i stayed and it was my job with a 
one and a half year old baby and a, a four year old baby <laughs> um, to go to every provider, to every customer, to go to the banks, to sell assets, to pay the debt. And I was so stressed because I just saw the amount of of the debt that at the time was around a million dollars. And I said, where the hell am I going to get one million dollars? What am I going to do? I, I cried almost every night. And the, I think I hit rock bottom the night my five-year-old, my, it wasn't, he wasn't four, he was five. Was, okay. He came to me and he comforted me wow. because I was crying. And he said, don't cry, mom. I know everything is going to be okay. You're going to find the money. I had, this has to stop. This is not okay. what I expect from this job. This is not what I want in my life, of my life. I don't want to live my life this way. Mm-hmm. And that's where this, when the search began. Because it was a search. It was not an overnight thing like most people believe it is. Like mm-hmm. I go to bed and I wake up the next day completely renewed and <laughs> with a transformation. No, transformation takes time. Mm-hmm. And what you do start with is a decision. You start with a decision and you say, okay, this is not working. I'm willing to change and I'm changing from right now. So what I did first was, of course, getting out out of the crisis. Mm -hmm. And I did. I have a brother. I have two brothers, one that was working with me and left. And the other is a doctor. So the doctor brother suggested that I should take medication. Okay. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And he was like, "Um, no, you have to, because what you're going through is too difficult for you to cope with by yourself. Yes. Because at some point I had trouble waking up from my bed. I, I, all all I wanted to do was sleep. Okay. Um, I was overeating a lot. So definitely some depression. You were struggling with some depression. I was depressed. I didn't know I was depressed at the time. Yes. Yes. I didn't know. I had always, I've always been a very anxious person because Mm -hmm. of my character. I am very, you know, uh, hyperactive. So I tend to be a little, I've always dealt with, with anxiety at some point. But now it was killing me because I was all the time picturing this awful bankruptcy scenarios where I had to close my company, where I had to fire everyone, where, where I had to pay, where I had no money to pay the banks. In Costa Rica, if you go bankrupt, it's not as easy as in the U.S. When you go bankrupt in Costa Rica, you cannot do commerce any, anymore. Uh, wow. You're off business for good. Yes. So I was very, very worried that if that happened, no bank would ever lend me money again to start over and how am I going to pay? And well, the thing is, I, I started taking the medication. I went to a psychiatrist and, and I coped and everything worked out okay. with time, with patience, with lots of yes. 
<laughs> you know, but it worked. I did. I actually saved the company. Wow. I <laughs> saved it. I paid. Oh my gosh. I sold, we had a building. I sold the building. I started and went to a renting place. Yes. I sold lots of the inventory that was not, you know, it was not, it, we had lots of inventory. So I focused on selling all the inventory. Yes. I did have to lay off some people. Okay. Yes. Um, but I kept most of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to cut expenses. I had to do lots of things. Yes. I had to ask my providers for, you know, time to pay them. Yes. And uh, I, that's what I did. And I actually did it. Wow. But once I did it and I was victorious, that was actually the worst part. Ah. <laughs> because, yeah, because I, I got what I wanted mm-hmm. and I felt miserable still. Mm-hmm. I felt, I think it, I felt even sadder. I mean, wow. and um, all my family were like, but this is just, you know, the medication will help you. You'll get better once the, once the business gets going without you, you know, things are going to get better. And I was like, no, this is not it. I know myself. And this is, this is not some stress thing. This is something else. Okay. And medication helps you cope with a situation. Sure. But you cannot take it. Forever. I mean, at some point you have to deal with the root of or the cause of what's going on in your head and your soul. And you have to face the fact that something's not okay. Mm-hmm. What were some of the symptoms that you had during that time that made you think, huh, this is a little bit more than just stress? I was just sad. I was just very, very sad. Very sad. Yes. Can we pause a little? Can we pause? Can we pause just a time? Just a bit? Absolutely. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Um, I just, some of the symptoms, you said that you felt really sad. Was there a time where you said you couldn't get out of bed? Did you experience any suicidal thoughts or feelings like you couldn't go on? Oh, no. Suicidal, no. Okay, good. Uh, no. But I used to have, when I was very young and I was studying architecture, I used to have panic attacks. Oh, yes. And um, when it was because of the stress of the, you know, from college and trying to do everything, everything done. And at some point I, I, I learned how to manage them and they, they just stopped. So I never really actually, you know, treated them. Yes. But yes. then they started to come back and that has never happened okay. Okay, at that point, it, it, has, it had been years before mm-hmm. I had. Okay. So this started coming back, and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I felt, how can I describe the feeling? Like I was numbed. It was this numbing feeling, like my head was big, and I felt like everything was a dream. Okay. Uh, like, this is not real. I always say, like, it's so weird. Um, and I felt like drifting. Like, I didn't exactly know what I was doing. I had no plans for the future. I had no idea what I was doing in the company. Mm-hmm. I avoided work. Okay. So whenever I went to the office, I said I had a meeting, but actually I went to the mall and started started wandering around the mall. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> like avoiding going to 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 work. I was always in a bad mood. Um, not with my kids, no, but with my husband. I was always in a bad mood, and and I knew I had no reason to be. Every time I, I someone from the office called me and, and asked me to do things around the work that I had to do. I got angry and I felt bothered. Okay. And I said, well, this is my job. I shouldn't feel bothered. Right, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I should be loving what I do and I'm not loving it. So that was. Yeah, it. those are the symptoms. Yeah, thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. So how did you begin to then heal and, and get better? So um, I was going to my psychiatrist Mm-hmm. and he was very good. And I told him that I hated my job and I wanted to quit. <laughs> so <Daddy. laughs> he said, okay, be very careful because if you leave one situation in, you know, for another, then you're going to have financial struggle and that is going to be a challenge for you. So if you do want to make this transition, then just think how you're going to make this transition. So um, I had also put on a lot of weight okay. because of the medication I was taking, I guess, and because I tend to be a binge eater, especially when I am anxious. So <laughs> I um, asked the doctor if I could leave the medication, but I was feeling better. And he said, he, I couldn't leave it at once. And I knew that. <laughs> yes. So um, I started, started, I started uh, reading a lot and studying a lot of mindfulness. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, my first encounter with a spirituality, well, I've always been a spiritual person. I've, I'm a Catholic, but this new kind of spirituality that is more holistic and involves a lot more knowledge that's made me grow, grow mm-hmm. a lot. My first book that I read on the subject was Wayne Dyer's You'll, you'll Believe It When You'll See It When You'll Believe It. You'll See It When You'll Believe It. Someone had gave it to me, maybe I was 16, and it had been in my, I read it back then, but I was 16, so I really, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I, looking for comfort and trying to help myself, I found it in my book, in, you know, in my room. I think it was in my room. And I picked it up and started reading it again. And it hit me. Like, mm. Dr. Wayne Dyer, he was saying lots of things that I for sure believed. Yes, and yes. what impacted me the most is that I remembered my dad. Then mm. I remembered my dad. And I said, okay, my dad was super doing everything he wanted to do. He was super fine five years ago. Yes. And then do I need some fatal disease to come into my life to change it, to make the changes? I just have one life. I'm, this is not going to happen to me. I am not going to let this happen to me. So um, I started, I need to do the shifts and I started meditating. Um, I started going to yoga classes. I started to, t- to learn breathing exercises to manage my anxiety and my stress. I started to do a lot of things about 
getting rid of the habits of worry, um, mind chatting that I call. (laughs) So um, along with the therapy, I was doing these things on my own that really helped. And that's when I started, you know, I found this natural supplement uh, for anxiety and depression. And I started combining the uh, medication with the natural supplement. So I was like two days with the medication, one day with the uh, natural supplement. Okay. And then was uh, there was this? I mean, I have to be very clear that this took months. Okay. Yes. Process. (laughs) Everyone who's listening should know that you should not leave medication like one day to the other and the next day. It's very dangerous. Don't do that. Don't do that, people. (laughs) You must lean off of it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I did it very gradually. (laughs) So, but at some point I didn't need it anymore. I spoke to my family. They were very supportive, but they freaked out the moment I said, I want to leave the company. Okay. And they said, what are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea, but not this. <laughs> I was being, I, I, I started working for the company because my dad asked me to do it and I felt love for him and I wanted to be with him. But it was his business, his project, right. his dream, not mine. Yeah. So, Wow, what is so wonderful to hear that you were able to move through that journey. So how did you move into coaching and empowerment? Well, they, they can, my family convinced me that if I was going to leave, mm-hmm. that then the business should not stay with us, that we should sell it. That they convinced me that if I could at least stay during the process of trying to find a buyer and all the due diligence and all the process of selling the business. And I agreed. Okay. Yeah. I think <laughs> That's fair. It was, it was a fair request. Yes. <laughs> After all, I was the one who knew the company better. So right. I stayed and I knew the money that I was going to get from selling the company was going to help me boost my next business, whatever, whichever it was. Yes. At the beginning, I thought I was going to go back to architecture. Mm. But it wasn't, you know, I started exploring lots of options because I was so lost. I I had been for years doing what everyone expected me to do that I didn't really know (laughs) what I wanted to do. Right. Figuring out who you are and what makes you light up. Yes. Exactly. So um, I I had always coached people. Yes. But when, when people knew what I had done with my business, that I had, you know, saved a company from imminent bankruptcy, that I had um, sold my business successfully, a very small company, which is usually not very interesting for, for investors, but I did it successfully. And that I had, well, I started coaching people, doing business coaching for people that asked. So then I, I but I started believing, well, I started seeing this, this tendency that um, the business is always impacted by the person. So we as entrepreneurs 
we have this energy and the energy goes into the business from the top down. So if we as people, as a person, we're not feeling okay, the business suffers. So you can have all the knowledge in business administration, marketing, Mm -hmm. finance, operations, but if you don't work on yourself first, Mm -hmm. the business is never going to work. So that's why I decided to certify as a life coach. So because I thought, even though I do both, Mm -hmm. um, I like to go into the people Mm -hmm. to find why the business is suffering. (laughs) Because that's usually what happens, you know. Absolutely. Yes. And lately I've been focusing focusing myself on productivity and focusing my clients in productivity because we now face this challenge of this society that is so obsessed with high achievement and getting stuff. And we tend to evaluate ourselves, ourselves more in terms of what we do yes. than in terms of who we are. And that ends up, we, we, we end up feeling lost because we can change what we do anytime under any situation. I mean, I did it several times, (laughs) but it was huge for me during the search of what I wanted to do to have to go through the judgment of people from the people that I knew the best and the people that didn't know me at all. Like, is she an architect? But is she a, isn't she a marketer? Right. What's that mean, sales? But she's great in business. Why is she going to go into coaching? And it was like, um, because I want to. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've also been, I've also loved writing. And, and recently I've been, I'm three months into working with my book. Yes, wonderful. And the book is going to be around this subject of stress and productivity and how we handle this, these issues, especially for us women, because guys, and I love guys, I have two brothers and I have two sons. They are very linear when it comes to productivity and what they have to do. They just set set a goal, go after it and they get it and they're super strong and everything, but they forget everything else. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but we women, we can't do that. If we start moving forward towards our dreams and everything else goes out of balance, we feel a failure. Yes. Productivity for us is balance. And productivity for us is taking care of ourselves, taking care of our loved ones, and getting what we want. Yes. And some people think, many women we believe because we've sold that we've been sold that lie Mm -hmm. that we have to choose. We are either good at what we do or we were either either good at nurturing and giving and and serving. And I believe that's not true Um, because I've done it. I'm doing it now, right now. So um, right now I'm focused on helping people detach from all this energy of, um, the real go-getter and the, you have to strive and try to get to get to know yourself better, mm-hmm. get to know your priorities, um, understand your, your possibilities 
and then move with flow, move, move forward consistently and fluently. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. So, you know, you've got such a beautiful story. As we are, are wrapping up, is there something about your story that you feel is really important that people hear? Well, let me think about it. That's a good question. <laughs> what, yeah, they should hear. You are not what you do. Huh. You know who you are. And what you do is just a part of you. Hmm. But whenever, this is funny, when, what do you do? I am an architect. No, you're doing architecture. Right. <laughs> I am a doctor. No, you're practicing medicine right now. It's a big part of you, but it's not who you are. So don't get attached so much uh, about doing, 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 and, you know, get yourself too much work, you know, work too much or try to handle too much. Don't do that. You don't need to. You don't have to. That doesn't make you a better person. You are the good person you are because you are you. My dad was a super high achiever, and when he died, I didn't remember the things he did. I remembered him, and I missed him. And I just want to tell you that what you are is what people will miss, mm. not what you have gotten. That is beautiful and so true. So, Paula, if someone would like to work for you or work with you and your services, how do they reach you? What is your contact information? Well, they can go to my website. Um, which is drops, drops as in a medicine, <laughs> of Pura Vida, which mm -hmm. is a very, very famous word in Costa Rica, dot com. Drops, drops of Pura Vida dot com. Beautiful. Pura Vida is a phrase we use a lot around here <laughs> in Costa Rica, yes. which means a happy, fulfilling life. That's what it means. I love that. And I will definitely be providing the link for everyone so they can just click and go to see all of your amazing work. Well, thank, thank you so much, Paula. You are truly a hero with an incredible story and I know that it will save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Thank, thank you. you so much, Christy. Thank you for this space. I'm pretty sure you're help, helping lots of people going through struggles, to th through similar struggles. Thank mm. you for your work. Absolutely. Thank you, Paula. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Knights of the Revolutionary Leader, conversations of influence and change. Each show, we bring you a guest of revolutionary influence by living a life of nobility, courage, and authenticity. To meet other Knights of the Round Table or to be a guest on this show, go to christyknights.com. Join us next week as we cross the bridge to meet the next Knight to join the round table of revolutionary leaders of influence and change. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.